Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair and changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back to another episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast here powered by Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey-Dude.com network. This episode, I've got the full gang, and I'm proud to bring them in. Uh, first things first, we got Joshua Lappenbertoni, co-founder of the podcast, and also a panelist on the comic book film review. Josh? Hello, hello, and hello. <laughs> and he has a co-host named Donovan Morgan Grant on the comic book film review. And uh, welcome back, Don. Hello, nurse. <laughs> and uh, a, a host of one of our shows on the Spidey-Dude.com network, Mayday Mondays, Mr. Gerard Delatour. Oh, my, my tea bag just busted. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm actually sitting here making tea while you guys are talking. But you said the whole... Ugh. That kind of disturbed me. <laughs> and we have... Uh, uh, our, our, to round out our panel, we've got Mr. Greg Bashansky. He is the host of Spectacular Radio, another podcast on the Spy-Dude.com network. Spanakopita. <laughs> nice. I, can't, I got that reference. Okay. <laughs> Captain America. I understand that reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like one of my favorite lines from that movie. Um, okay. So uh, this episode, we're going to cover five issues. We're going to cover uh, the Return of Kane arc, which uh, runs... Through Spectacular 231, Sensational Number 2, yeah. ASM 409, which is uh, Part 3, and then Part 4 is 66 of, a, of Adjectiveless Spider-Man. And then we're also going to cover um, 232 of Spectacular, because it was a one-shot and it came out the same month as Return of Kane. The conclusion of the Seaward Trainer saga that we all didn't know we were in. <laughs> Seaward Trainer gets out of the internet. See what Trader finally gets out of the internet, yes. Okay, oh, we have to read that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, see where Trainer gets out of the internet. <laughs> and he's so hot. <laughs> and, ben, <laughs> and Ben, Mary Jane, and Peter have no idea how to not act suspicious. Okay, that, that, we'll get into that. I like that scene a lot. Um, okay, so the uh, um, so we got the five issues, but first we're going to cover uh, we're going to cover some current stuff, some news. Uh, as we've talked about in several episodes, Spider Verse is going on in the Amazing Spider Man, uh, the current volume, volume three, and. Um, there was a spin-off miniseries called Scarlet Spiders. Now Donovan and I have read this. Uh, did Josh, have you read it? I did. So um okay, so so pretty much everybody but um Gerard and Greg have you have you read this? I have not. Okay. So um 
basically, uh, Donovan, you want to give kind of a brief description, or you you want me to? Say? No, no, I can, I can. Um, I, I forget which issue of ASM, but Peter basically uh, said, "Okay, team, we must split up so we can each have our own miniseries." Now, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much. I know twenty ninety nine and uh, Cyberpunk Lady Spider went somewhere. Um, Miles Drake twenty ninety nine. Yeah, they went to twenty ninety nine. Miles Drake Bell went to the sixties cartoon universe, and Ben Reilly, <laughs> Ben Reilly Spider Man, Kane Scar Spider, and Jessica Drew. Is he Black Widow or Spider Woman from the old? It universe? is Black Widow. She was Spider Woman. Now she's the Black Widow. <laughs> she's the third one to be Black Widow, I think. Well, I know In the Ultimate Universe. I don't know. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, the, the clones went to where did they? Exactly. There were just some universe where Human Torch and Iron Man were evil to, um, yeah, I guess, find Gen X, one of Moreland's, you know, many brothers that we didn't know he had, and um, just try to stop, you know, the influx of the Inheritors, uh, who were basically like in the Moreland family characters who were all, you know, sucking on Spider-Man. And that universe, basically, it's revealed that, like, a lot of these characters are cloned <laughs> in a horrible twist of irony, which I'm sure uh, Ben and the others all facepalm when they found that out. But um, that wrapped up uh, this week with issue three, and uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it, so I don't think we need to care if we if you spoilers, if you've not read it, but um, it, it, you might tell by the cover that one of the three don't make it out. Uh, and I, I was not surprised in knowing that it was spoilers again, Ben Riley. But I have to say that like, although Ben Riley does die, he goes the whole the, the entire issue is completely dedicated to how awesome of a Spider-Man Ben Riley is. So if I if I hear people you know read this and say Marvel hates Ben Riley and they want to kill him, I got I got to disagree because it was a terrific issue dedicated to this fan favorite Spider-Man character, and he went out in, in a way more dignified way than he does in Spider-Man number seventy-five. What did you think, Zach? Uh, you know, I liked. I I get what you're saying, and I I've I've really consistently I, I've liked this this interpretation of Ben Riley, where everything has you know kind of gone his way because just because he just never gives up. That is everything. Like I mean, you see Superior <laughs> Spider Man, and he's like, boy, Doc Ock, you sure didn't you know get my brain. And like Marla Madison's life, Marla Madison, I saved you from the Spider Slayers. Now you can make more references to creating them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of it got a little kind of absurd about everything going right for him, because um, that would be the most boring Spider-Man story ever. But at the same time, I was really um, disappointed that I was disappointed to see that the, the, they they killed off this character. Now I, I know that his death has importance, but he went out on his own terms. It wasn't him getting stabbed in the back. It was him saying. If I go, I'm taking everything with me and going out in a blaze right. of glory. That's true. And then, you know, and then, they, of course, they kill Kane off. In the very afterwards next. in the ASM. Yeah, yeah, like, is he dead? Do we I, know? I, I don't. Well, he can't, technic- he can't technically die. We've already established that he can't technically oh, die. Like so Craven, or is that the opposite way? No. I, <laughs> no. Uh, that was Craven weird. Has, <laughs> Craven has to kill Kane so he can die. What kind of bull- <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it was also Spider Man's the only one that can like kill Craven at one point, or I don't remember. I, I, no, I because just wonder if people listening to this for the first time are like, you know, screw this and are like turning the podcast off. Like, what me. would happen if Craven like went and laid down on train track? <laughs> <laughs> Be like, you're going to you you think I cannot die now, huh? Yes, that's what they will do. <laughs> no, you know what's gonna I'm happen? A- It'll be like Groundhog Day. He'll just wake up the, the, in the same bed <laughs> with the same. Make your own kind of music. He's the Captain Jack Hartness of the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> he like <laughs> he goes for or, a spacewalk. Uh, like, I, I wonder. I wonder if he'll yell out for Mariah. <laughs> Mariah. <laughs> now hold on. Cause, uh, all right. Somebody New has to explain. York. Me- <laughs> somebody needs to explain the mechanics of this to me because obviously I'm not reading Spider-Verse. We, we, we really can't. Good look. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm gonna ask this. 
like three specific questions, okay? Uh, number one, is this the actual like six one six Ben Riley, or is this some <laughs> alternate universe? <laughs> no, this is a uh, it's Earth ninety four. Well, here's the thing. What does that mean? It, it, it means he's not our Ben Riley. It's not. It's not the Ben Riley who died from like a, from like earlier in, the, in our in our current continuity. It's not like Peter Ben Riley. It's not like the Ben Riley of these issues we're going to cover. It's right. a Ben Riley who was remained Spider Man, and I guess Norman never came back and basically lived out Peter's life while Peter and Mary Jane stayed married. Now I'm not sure if it's the Ben Riley from the real Clone Saga or if it's an alternate universe. I, I don't think it is though, because the real Clone Saga ended. Like, the way it ended versus the way this guy's life is, it doesn't make sense. Like, this, this this Ben went on to be Spider-Man, had a very successful career, but Peter and Mary Jane stayed together. They say that. And I, I guess because he never went through one more day, his issues were a lot better because he constantly defeated all his crappy stories. <laughs> because they, they show you, you know, when, when Peter was Spider-Man, you know, Captain Stacy died, and Gwen Stacy died. But when I became Spider-Man, I saved Marlon Madison from Alex Smythe, and I, I saved my own ass from Dr. Octopus, and I helped the Avengers, and, you know, my my, my is so big, I'm so awesome as Spider-Man. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. G- Gerard had two more questions. Well, no, no, no. He yeah. sort of uh, there were follow ups to to the first one. So since it's not the Ben of that we're you know we're reading in Clone Saga Chronicle, who cares? It's just some other guy. Well, right? in fairness, in fa- fairness, I was promised that that Ben was going to meet it with Scar Spider Ben Ronnie, but I'm not seeing that yet. So I blame you, Dan Slott, for everything that's gone wrong in my oh, life. Oh, he's in the background. Oh, he's in the background. I'm not seeing that. In Spider Verse um, uh, number, t- I think it was yeah, Spider Verse number two. He's in the final battle. <laughs> the final battle number two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, okay. They, they cut that. The, you know that one story where they where they they showed the possibly the uh, renew your vow Spider Man with him being married last week. Yeah, last week. Oh yeah, yeah I think I did see him. Okay. Yeah, it's it's on the final. It's like on that same final page. You see him like front and center on the very bottom, like. You know, leading, he doesn't have any speaking lines, but he's in the background. <laughs> Hoodies beware. Um, yeah. Well, no, well, no, no, okay, yeah, no, this is not like, you know, our Ben Riley time plucked out of out of our history. This, this okay. is Ben Riley. That's what a planet that where he lit, where he was Spider-Man forever. Okay, because I was led to believe that it was the opposite and that he was this Ben Riley and plucked maybe moments before his death, a la the video game Eternal Champions. I I thought this would would have been the case, but like by by this third issue, they kind of established that like, his life history and it kind of disproves the idea that this this is because like when, when he first appears in like you know the first part of spider-verse like he's like oh peter brother and he unmasks and peter's like ben and he turns around gwen and he turns around silk i've always been here okay i've always been here that is awesome that is the line of the podcast so oh thank you <laughs> Well, okay. but, but yeah, I was kind of with Gerard. Like, I'm not really mad because it's like, oh no, a, an alternate Ben Riley died, as opposed to like this series would have ended and we never would have seen him again. Like, it's not like yeah, I, I didn't cry reading the comic, but I thought you know, you know, at least this tells you did admit it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like again, I, I can't. If you like Ben Riley, you're not going to not like this issue, whether he's the actual Ben Riley you grew up with or not. Because I mean, does that really matter? Because we we, we know Ben's history, we know that like, a lot of these characters aren't our own characters, but they still represent our characters. It doesn't so, matter. Did you, did you just tell me how to think, Don? And I, well, I uh, what, what? Okay, some of your. I, I'll, I'll say this. I think some of your moral outrage there, Gerard, with uh, Spider Girl. What are you talking think about? I haven't mentioned anything about Spider Girl today. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, what I'm making the point is, is I'm, I'm dovetailing of what Don just said. It's not our Spoilers. character necessarily. It could be 
another character from another universe. Uh, are you talking about Spider Girl? I'm just saying Despite the, the fact isn't. that she was explicitly identified as such an amazing. Okay, should we? Okay, this is not. Yeah, this is related in no, in no way or not at all. If we can't half-ass this, we got to make a decision. You tell Gerard this or not? Gerard, do you want to know what that she gets killed off? Or that I kind of no. God damn it! <laughs> this is something so hateful. All right, <laughs> spoilers again, like the fifth time. Um, there's a there's a line dropped by Maze that that, that Tom DeFalco explicitly put in there saying, you know, there's so many verses of us. Perhaps there's a Mayday who never experienced Spider Verse and is, is living with her parents like right now. And Tom DeFalco told everybody to read this issue if they were mad with the events of Mayday going on. So it implies the fact that this this Mayday not be, may not be the Mayday of AS. Spider Girl and Spectacular Spider Girl and the original Spider Girl run. Okay, like, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> so, so basically, it's a okay. I know that they're ruining the character we made, but it may not be her. So we'll give you this like slight. Dude, it, it's it's the best they could out. do. I know. That's it, so it, it, weird. And, and honestly, like, like I, I don't I don't think that news can make you any angry. I don't I don't, I don't see how it could. Well, and it's it's the best they could do that Marvel would probably even like let them do because like it, you know can you imagine right, it would undermine right. Spider Verse and Dan Slott if they were to explicitly well, say it so that that course. is the best that they can do I, right <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's the best they can do it's still dumb <laughs> and I guess I'm, I guess and it's probably confusing but you know what I'll is it in context tomorrow when I read the issue but. Seems, yeah. kind of, seems kind of silly and stupid, but I guess that's the best. Thing I felt like I was reading Spider Girl, like with that first panel. It was like a classic, like Ron Friends, you know, like drawn page. The layout of it with like the title. Dude, I was drooling, and the font. I, I was, was like, oh my god, I'm reading like a lost issue and, of Spider Girl. She, she's she's effing po'd in that comic. <laughs> I've never seen that character so angry. How dare Dan Slott do this to me? <laughs> well, <laughs> Dan Slott is no Roger Stern. No. <laughs> And no, no Tom DeFalco either. Roger Stern's um, I'll also briefly mention if you're a fan. I mean, obviously we're all Clone Saga fans here, but if you're a fan of the original Clone Saga, Jerry Conway is coming back to write Spider Man, and uh, one of the clones. Characters. Yeah. Well, no, I'll, <laughs> Carly I'll, I'll, Cooper's going to get cloned. Oh God! In the movie. Oh God! Stop it! Stop it, both of you! Both of you stop! I what I want. <laughs> But I want to ask you guys something related to the Scarlet Spider, or I'm sorry, uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man business. So it's a different Ben Riley from a different universe. But would you have preferred it if they had done it the way that that I thought they were doing it, which is that he got eternal champions out of his universe before his death? Yeah, but threw him uh, here. Keep, keep, keep him away. And the from entire this. time, and the entire time, he's sort of wondering, perhaps, you know, what do I is is redemption worth? You know, like, if we succeed, and, you know, this whole, the day is won, or whatever the hell's going on, he has to be sent back to his death? Or does he try to do something foolish, perhaps, or be well, pushed into be doing a, a self-sacrifice of sorts to prevent himself from dying the hollow way that he did? I feel like that's a more interesting story than the one you just said. That's a more that, interesting story, and, like, you know, quite honestly, the dance lot issues of Spider-Verse are the least interesting parts of Spider-Verse. Because I'm, I'm yeah. nearly everything else besides that. But, is like, he just writing amazing? or, or He's who's just writing amazing, story? and he's writing part of Spider-Verse Spider ongoing. <clears> but, like, the yeah, other yeah, writers, like, I've, I've dug Team Up for the most part. I've dug the, the Spider-Verse title. I've dug Scar of Spiders. I've not been reading Spider-Woman, but, like, I've dug those a lot more consistently than ASM. Like if if it was, I, I would prefer it to be the original Ben Riley, 
but that's not a great uh, length of distance between my enjoyment now and my enjoyment potentially if it was. So, like, yeah, well, I, like you know, that doesn't kill my enjoyment. I already have. I I, I think that that's what you the scenario you. Um, put in Gerard, I wouldn't probably want it in this big of a story. I think I would want it as a more personal, more intimate story, so where you can really explore the the, the possibilities. Like if it, if it was just Peter and Ben and Kane, maybe, then yeah, I think that would be a phenomenal story to to tell about you know what the measure of a true hero is. But wait, what, if, well, I if it was, was Ben Riley plucked from time, though, it would kind of spoil the outcome of the story because it's like, well. Come on, guys. What are we so worried about? We know we're going to survive because Ben has to go back to his time and die. Well, no, yeah, but, but Otto has ben, to like, go back quick. to his time and uh, be defeated by Peter. Yeah, you yeah, can't be away Otto, Octavius is time plot. He is. This, like, like, for all intents and purposes, this is, yeah, he is. the Otto uh, Superior Spider-Man that eventually is beaten by, or, you know, goes away at the end of Superior. The way that they've written it, which is, which actually makes it a lot more confusing because we're dealing with like you know ideally the same Otto Octavius, but a different, a different um, Otto is t- the time displaced, but Ben isn't. So but the, yeah, the only the only thing that I thought was actually decent about this week's issue was um, the fact that <laughs> you know because Octavius is still as arrogant and as pompous as ever, but he um, he realizes I'm. F-ed. <laughs> well, that and he also realizes that. Hey, I, I I decided to do uh, nuclear destruction because you know it's a nuclear wasteland and it's caused di- <clears throat> directly by nuclear. Sorry, nuclear it's a pet peeve. Uh, nuclear um, nuclear weapons. Yeah, he, he's the one. His his death threats actually went through, and he didn't. You know, everybody but but Uncle Ben didn't die. You know, I mean, <laughs> the uni- the universe where instead of Uncle Ben dies, Uncle Ben's the only survivor. That's that's the whole point of the universe. It was only going to end this way. <laughs> Either yeah. Uncle Ben dies or everyone else does. Everyone else dies. That's how much of a saint he is. <laughs> uh, actually, he's a coward, but anyway. Then again, it, uh, this whole thing, the way you guys are describing it, of course, again, I, I need to keep hedging that I haven't that read. That sounds stupid. stupid but no, 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 but I'm asking, doesn't this explicitly violate the rules of time travel in the Marvel Universe anyway? Yes. So are we, but why are we bothering like Marvel, Marvel doesn't, doesn't care about their rules of time travel. This is no, the, where, like, you know, you can't rewrite, rewrite one line of, di- of time travel. Like, they, they've been but fucking time travel time is, since days of future past. It's time well, they, travel. Well, time no, 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 stop, 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 stop. But, but the point of Days of Future Past doesn't. It actually stays in line perfectly. Well, it is 2015. Uh, but no, no, I, I know, but it's not October 2015 yet, so people need to, like, stop posting. <laughs> LOL! Uh, Back to the Future 2 got it wrong! Apparently. Yeah, you have eight more months before you can say that. Days of Future Past does correctly follow the, the way time travel is supposed to work in the Marvel Universe, though, which is that if you go back and change anything, it just creates a side timeline. That's why when Kitty right. went back oh, to her Jack time... Did it. <laughs> Sweet. That's, that's why when Kitty went back in Days of Future Past and she returned back to the future... Uh, sorry. <laughs> no pun intended. When she went back to the to where she was supposed to be... <laughs> Did you just say it? <laughs> it was exactly, exactly the same as she had left it because by going back and preventing Senator Kelly's assassination, it just created a side universe instead. Right, and and the thing is, is the whole the whole reason that Spider Verse is happening is because time has been broken because of the Age of Ultron fiasco. 
Oh, like, really? The, the, I know that. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, – remember – okay, do you remember when Age of Ultron happened and, and Bendis said, well, this has this is going to have long-term effects on the Marvel Universe? They always say that. Every – Yeah, I, I, but this – but between this Spider-Verse happening, the uh, the blurring of the lines of the Ultimate Universe be, between the 616 and now Secret Wars, it's all been kind of slowly building towards the Secret Wars storyline. Right. Right. So – We've all been sitting there saying, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, I guess they're, yes, I guess they're finally. Spider Verse happened because Silk like left her closet and Moreland smelt her. <laughs> she left her bedroom. Well, don't, no, Silk is why people are buying the book now. Shut Let's up. not get into that. Just you know, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that, that will derail the podcast as though we're not already derailed. And yeah. Pandora's box has been opened. Yes. Okay. So um, never shut again. <laughs> Anyway, I think I think we've kind of exhausted that topic. We could probably spend a whole episode talking about all that. Spider-Verse! Probably will spend talking about this, right? Are we supposed to cover that at some point? Yeah, we are. We are going to cover a lot of the Spider-Verse stuff soon. And Mayday Mondays, we'll probably cover that uh, that Tom DeFalco story. Oh, it yes, probably it will. will if I ever get around to editing those other episodes. <laughs> Is the week. one where you guys discuss Amazing Spider-Man 8 out? No. <clears throat> Eight. <laughs> <coughs> I, don't, I don't know why we're all coughing, but you know, Gerard's been drinking tea or eating his tea leaves. I thought his tea like bag that. exploded. Yes, it did. It did. Okay, any like little pieces of tea leaves all inside of my tea. It's disgusting. Okay, <laughs> if you know what we're seeing. Yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> he means my nuts. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Okay, we'll be right so, back. <laughs> <laughs> After these messages, oh well, d- damn it, John uses that, doesn't he? You should put a yeah, but, but but I think that was my idea to have him use it, so it's okay. Anyway, um, so we're gonna cover uh, February and March of 1996 issues from those particular uh, that partic- those particular months. Uh, thanks to uh, SpiderFan.org for giving me the information. Right, well, so, uh, we know because their cover date. February 1996 was the beginning, or cover date February 1996, um, was the beginning of this storyline, The Return of Kane. Because you demanded it. Because you, the fans, demanded it. The Kane is back. Now, uh, for those that don't remember, it's been a while since we talked about Kane's death and his resurrection. Even though it was only like four issues ago. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we covered oh, maximum uh, clonage, like, in 2010, so it's been five, four and a half years. Because I remember I, I, I had that virus. I was, like, completely sick. Hey, our anyway. listeners don't know that. Well, no, they, they, do, they do now. From, anyway, so. And then his body was stolen, like, two years ago when we did Scarlet Spider <laughs> Unlimited 1. Actually, that was, that was last year. Thank you. It wasn't that long. I remember that. And then he okay. died in a... Uh, Grim Hunt. No, yeah, no, 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 that, that, that's later. That's later, dude. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and then he dies in Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Did, did, okay, did anyway. it, like, werewolf seed him in his own title? <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, Sorry, we've already Dad. covered that. Anyway, so, um, I'm going to name off some of these, uh, we did, uh, we did Media Blizzard last episode, so this episode, um, we're doing, obviously, Return of Kane, which takes place and the form, aforementioned issues. So, um, uh, Spectacular 231. Donovan, you have the rundown of this particular issue. No! Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let me sit up straight. Spec Spidey 
number volume one number two thirty one. Uh, reluctant Lazarus, because Cain is that important. This uh, momentous initial part to the return of Cain begins, where we see Cain in costume, uh, on, under a spotlight on a wooden chair, in a provocative pose, saying, "What's going on here?" And then we see these five. You know, obviously 90s hoodlums, uh, all, you know, mega pose in midair. And I, I, uh, like classes, I want to briefly describe the... Uh, what He's the, doing uh, the first level of Maximum Carnage. I can hear the music in my head now. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's not my brother's favorite game right now. I, I got him a Maximum Carnage t-shirt for Christmas. But, um... We see a, a guy, a guy with a chain, another guy with some spiked uh, uh, brass knuckles. But we see like, a pig-nosed guy who's huge, and his head is in the middle, middle of his chest because uh, it's badly drawn. We see a guy with like three knives, you know, uh, duct taped to his chest, his sweaty chest with with uh, more knives, and his head, his face is pierced. And we see a woman with purple hair, uh, a slim bandana over her eyes for reasons. A, uh, a Nightwing disco suit uh, flared collar, um, cleavage that's stitched together, uh, torn fishnets, spiked bracelets, and a TV remote control in her hand. <laughs> She's the sister of the head mutant from Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because 90s, you see. So, um, so his name is Kane, apparently. He's apparently the first pale clone of the hero known as Spider-Man. And his instincts are instinctive, natural, and visceral, as he easily makes short work of these goons. Um, as that happens, we see that his uh, actions are being monitored by a woman with a sling um, and a low-cut dress, although her dress gets kind of skin-tight as it goes lower down her body. Uh, she calls. She goes by the name of Muse. She talks in what I thought was sort of a rogue-esque southern accent, but then I guess throughout the story she, she becomes Irish. So um, <laughs> she wants to welcome Kane back to the land of the living. So, um, in one of his very few appearances, Spider-Man swings by, Spider-Man, that being Ben Riley, who again thinks to himself, I sure was a clone for five years until he's not. And then he goes to, goes to work at the Daily Grind and runs into... He, he, uh, he almost quotes Hank Azaria from Venom Part 2 in that, too. <laughs> was it my, my job, my apartment kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a job, an apartment, a life. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Not the symbiote. Um, so he runs into a supporting cast. I forget the blonde woman's name. He runs into Jessica. Desiree. Yes, Desiree, yeah. Desiree, Felicia, Hardy, Winthrop. Winthrop. I know it's the one with the W. So um, in D- we cut to Tahiti, where we see these rich folks. The magical place. Rich things. Uh. <laughs> this is... This is basically the return of the great game, which we first saw in the Scarlet Spider titles. <laughs> no, no. I know. I don't know why, but I know. And it's just like, okay, there's this man named um, James uh, John's, excuse me, James John's Meyer, and he's rich and snobby, and he has everything, and he smokes because he's rich, and he gives away his mall because, for, as a prize because he used her in a bet, and he's that kind of guy. So, and um, because she looks like Mary Jane, and his like associate Muse also looks like Mary Jane, so he has to give away his mole before Muse comes. Otherwise, they'll be in the same panel at the same time, and it'll be apparent <laughs> that the artist can't draw like two different people. Which say that this artwork is done by Seth and Al Milgram, two very old people that I saw at the time of this issue. So, um, so we have, we have this exp- expository splash page about James Winthrop and basically people who didn't bother to read, the rightly did not bother to read the Star of Spider titles. They're informed by, you know, this is basically, it's kind of like that thing in Yu 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 Hakusho where rich people bet on people to kill each other. And, you know, you know, 
it's, it's this very vicious game of gambling. And um, he's talking to Muse about Kane. Uh, basically, I forget when exactly this is revealed, but basically they found Kane in the rejuvenation pod and brought him to, to participate in the game. Uh, there's a very it was Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one in like the four pages that it was in. Yeah, man. So, uh, there's a very confusing <laughs> page where Kane uh, is welcomed by Muse. He grabs at her, and then he says, "No!" And then uh, does his Darth Vader impression. <laughs> no. Uh, and then uh, and in an identical page. Exactly, which annoyed me. Where um, Muse uh, says, I, "I thought you uh, was screaming or something," and. Um, She's wondering if, this, if there's anything she can get ye. He says, I have premonitions of the future. Visions. Oh, but never mind. And she says, ye, a sensitive one. I can tell. She's talking like freaking Rowena from Supernatural, uh, who, which is going on Bankus? right now. Yes. Yeah, who, who I must say, it's, it's quite hot. So, um, yeah, she's expositing the, how, the, how they saved him, or at least they, they, they found him unconscious next to Jacob Raven back in uh, Scar Spider Unlimited number one, the issue we all love, except for me, um, and nursed him back to health in his costume. I don't know if they've unmasked him or not. So she introduces him to I John don't think Bob. so, judging by what happens later in the arc. Yeah, I'll say the same thing, too. I'll just, I'll just make a mention of it. So he introduced, she introduces him to John's Meyer, and um, after a, pa- a page of Ben offering his scientific know-how to Desiree to help study, we see John Spire saying, so you're in the great game. We'll give you anything you want, money, women, uh, you know, anything you want. Your darkest fantasies realized. Kane's like, eh, actually, no. So he, so he starts to run away. So John Spire, uh, I don't know if he, I guess, he, yeah, he's six, uh, these, the, some of the two henchmen after him, the badly dressed henchmen, and the guy with, uh, you know, his face in the middle of his body. But they are, uh, one of, they are, they start to get. They start to be dispatched by Muse, who has persuasive powers, I guess. Um, although Kane knocks out the big guy and takes him, takes her with him. And in the final page, we see a construction site where a wrecking ball reveals the the uh, the basically a skeleton with a Spider-Man costume on it that we've never seen before. Continued in Sensational Spider-Man number two. Dun dun dun. Okay, so uh, since this leads directly into Sensational Spider-Man number two, Return of Kane Part 2, uh, Dan Jurgens is the writer-slash-artist, Klaus Jansen is the finishing artist. We open with the uh, splash page of Ben Riley as Spider-Man, swinging through the city, going to the Daily Grind, where he runs. Jessica Terradine with uh, Devin and Shirley, and Jessica shows Ben the front page of the Daily Bugle. Spider-Man! Dead, and it's a basically a recreation of the of the front cover with the uh, scold Spider-Man. Uh, this causes Ben Riley to flash back to his days back in Amazing Spider-Man number one forty nine, where he throws the body down the smokestack. No, oh, I'm sorry, that was Peter. That the no uh, one fifty. Well, it was one fifty one, but Ben Riley did not throw anybody down the smokestack. He was throwing. Oh, he was. He was at the time. He thinks it was him. No, 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 he, no, no, he doesn't. doesn't. He knows he, he, does. he, he knows he didn't throw anything in his smokestack. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. All right, All right so he gets thrown. <laughs> it's not that confusing, stack. but we're making it confusing. Yeah. <laughs> if only you weren't here, Bertone. <laughs> and, so, uh, <laughs> and so Jessica says, hello, Earth Ben, you're a million miles away. Shirley then tells Ben, I need you to run some, run some errands for me. And so, you know, he says, oh, yeah, sure, I will do it. Um... Desiree shows up, and Desiree and Jessica have a bit of an interaction before Ben is just thinking only about the skeleton. 
swinging through the city. We then cut to Jay Jigsaw Jameson himself. <laughs> Jay Jonah Jameson. Jigsaw Jonah Jameson. That's what the J stands for. That's what it stands for, yes. Uh, talking with Jigsaw Robbie. Jameson? Talking about Robbie, talking about this, uh, talking about if he's seen the remains or not. He's going to go to the... I'm going to go to the morgue! Because, you know, he's putting on his Jigsaw Jameson hat. Anyway, we then cut... He is Jigsaw Jameson in this issue. That's true. <laughs> uh, he then, we then cut over to the uh, one of the few pages that actually deals with the Ark Return of Kane, where Muse and Kane are walking through the alley before they are attacked by the Silver Age version of the Rhino. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a drawing, definitely. Yeah, the, that, that face... That face is like straight Romita. Because a rhino uh, don't like to keep the spider punk waiting. <laughs> Why is rhino mousy? Web creep. I, I thought that's what he says in episode six of Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. So uh, we then cut to the morgue. Like 22. And, and the reason why we know it's the morgue is because Ben Riley actually says the morgue. I don't know. Well, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> we we then we then get to uh, Ben Riley in the morgue where he finds the 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 skeleton of 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 the we don't know spider clone. <laughs> we don't know what it is. Uh, where he then has like this giant angsty moment about no no it's a skeleton and it happens to have a costume because you know it's not planted or anything. <laughs> Anyway, then we cut to Jigsaw Jameson with his trademark Jigsaw Jameson hat. I might, Jigsaw I might. Jigsaw era, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Where he's like, "You there? I demand to see the ch- man in the charge of this facility." And he's like, "The morgue's administrative officer, close, Mister. I'm as close as you're gonna get." And he's like, "Listen, I want to see. The- Listen, wise guy, I want to see Spider-Man's body now." And then finally, you know, here's a thump or a clump. Is that yeah? It's clump. Yeah, he's like that sound. You, I should have known. And, and of course, uh, and then, Ben was like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> right, which is a great night. Oh, this but doesn't then, look good, does it? <laughs> and then, uh, no. and then Ben, then Ben does his best '90s uh, cartoon impression, saying, "Here's web in your eyes." Yes, <laughs> you can't do and, this. Uh, I already have. I won't let you ruin my life. Okay, now the, uh, the the interaction between Desiree and Jessica was Jessica's decided that uh, they're going to throw a party in Ben's uh, Ben's apartment. Have we seen this before? <laughs> where they're going to buy him a television set. Meanwhile, Ben is off trying to you know trying to figure out what he's going to do with this dead body inside of a body bag. <laughs> when he runs across the battle between Rhino and Kane and Muse, he then joins the fray long enough to push Muse out, out of the way with with a bunch of blocks falling on top of her head in the stock footage from the 90s cartoon as well. All of a sudden, they're in a warehouse from, from <laughs> Dr. Octopus armed and dangerous. Yes, exactly. Then they're in a jungle. Ben, of course, um, the body bag... They never use jungle stock footage, but go on. <laughs> ben, uh, Ben, uh... Will you guys, will you guys quit? Ben, of course, finds... <laughs> Finds the uh, finds the morgue bag where he takes it and webs it up by his little crawl space by the uh, by the window of his apartment where he finds that there is a TV in his apartment and Jessica's there too and Jessica's like you're finally home oh your face what happened to you I was a uh, mugged <laughs> why are you asking me questions what are you doing here. <laughs> yeah, how did you get in my apartment? He looks like one of the one of the Hardy Boys in that pan. Exactly, he does. <laughs> he looks like uh, which one's the blonde-haired one? I, I forgot know. their names. I used to read this. 
Yeah, the Holly Boys. <laughs> but the issue ends with uh, Ben and Jessica about to watch the Wild. Create Dark Devil. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, that was that was Elizabeth time, but <laughs> he's going to try to create Dark Devil. In the closet, he's practicing to make. He's going. He's practicing to make Dark Devil. You've read oh, the Institute, too, haven't you? Haven't you? <laughs> yes. All right. The uh, which leads into Amazing Spider-Man number four oh nine, The Return of Kane Part Three. <laughs> Real quick, that is actually kind of creepy. That, like they're making out while in the foreground, the Scarlet Spider or the not the Scarlet Spider, but the, uh, the skeleton is hanging upside down, like you know, in a in a cracked uh, closet hallway. That's kind of weird. no. It's it's in the cr- remember. There's a crawl space that leads to the roof at Ben's apartment. I actually so like hung- that. Yeah. Um, so he puts it in that little crawl space because there's no windows there. All right. Uh, so an amazing Spider-Man, Giddy Up 409, uh, Ben looks down <laughs> at the Mark Bagley-drawn skeleton and realizes oh, yeah. that he's also being drawn by Mark Badley uh, today <laughs> and jokes to himself um, about skeletons in the closet because we got some of that last issue. Like, boy, some people have skeletons in their closet, but I have actual skeletons in my closet. You're Am I right? <laughs> it's in there. I'm not making this up. I know. But like, you must have read that in grin. <laughs> Uh, you know and he also recaps the last issue to himself like darn it why there have to be a great game with kane and rhino darn it why this why that and speaking of all that james jones meyer uh talks about his evilness and the great game to his while he's playing um on his video game golf course and takes bets on spider-man for the game rhino tracks down muse and kane and interrupts them recapping the last issue as well uh, Jameson twirls his mustache at the office and tells Robbie that newspapers don't care about the truth, only facts. Um, and nobody remembers to tell Jonah that he actually um, is not running the Bugle anymore as of the Roger Stern run, but, you know, status quo is gone. <laughs> and Robbie's supposed to be giving people orders. Meanwhile, Joe Stick and Polestar decide to join the 90s, you know, melee with Rhino and Muse, and Spider-Ben joins in as well. Things get really messy. Carolyn Trainer goes to visit her dad, who's still in his internet coma, and she says evil things while the nurse is still, like, right next to her, like, why? You might say, my dad might not be living anymore. <laughs> She's drawn like Anne Hathaway in that evil <laughs> Deadly serious business. Spidey is able to subdue the players, with the exception of Kane and Muse, who get away. But luckily, Spidey planted a tracer on Kane. And he's gonna get him good. And that's the end of Spider-Man 409. Yeah, and that leads up to Spider-Man number 66. Adjectiveless one. Return of Kane part 404. So we be recapped by me. Uh, we begin with, as the caption conveniently tells us, high above the rooftops of New York City. Spider-Man is hot on the trail of Kane and Muse, which thankfully doesn't last long since he finds them on page two. The cops quickly arrive and Kane begins fighting them in his usual violent style, ripping down walls and all sorts of stuff. So Ben has to stop to help the cops from the falling walls that Kane weaponized, allowing Kane and his lady friend Muse to escape. Meanwhile, Jonah's trying to get his bugle staff to cover the skeleton story a little more than, you know, with the dead ends that they're hitting and all that sort of stuff. And he's dissatisfied with their progress and decides to call in a ringer. Hmm... Kane begins an assault on the Johnsmeyer building, rapidly destroying the many laser cannons that are somehow legal to have on top of Manhattan. It's the 90s show. (laughs) After he does that, inexplicable romance ensues, and Muse decides to kiss him. 
Cain sees a vision of Muse, the mark of Cain, and immediately restarts the angst cycle again. Spider-Man appears, and they all tumble inside of the building from the crumbling ceiling. Johns Meyer and all his cohorts are on the, all these giant uh, TV screens inside the room, and he's trying to up the ante or something. I honestly got confused by this, because he just starts laying out extra bets for the game, and the game's already a cluster F, so this just makes it worse. Muse reveals her involvement in the plan, being a, a sort of a, a mole for Johns Meyer, and Kane gets pissed, so he tries to kill her. Ben steps in, and he and... Uh, Kane have a brief fight, which is broken up by Muse, who decides, who after having her five-second romance with Kane, that she doesn't want to work with Johns Meyer anymore. So she breaks up the fight and then basically throws herself out the window so that Spider-Man has to save her. <laughs> and give Kane a chance to escape. And shockingly, no mention of Gwen Stacy, thank God. Uh, so he saves her. <laughs> just like Gwen. Because nobody like cares about Gwen. Muse. Like, oh no, Muse is committing suicide. Just like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he saves her by snaring her in a web, and Kane escapes, as, as we kind of expected, because that was the whole point. And, well, the next day, which is <laughs> real fast, uh, can you organize cross-country flights that quick if you're, whatever. The next day at the office of the Daily Bugle, Jameson's ringer arrives. Peter Parker? <laughs> well, I, 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 I see where you get that. And then that's I understand that reference. <laughs> Next issue, Web of Carnage. Hooray! No. Yep. All right. So let's let's talk about let's talk. Are about. we doing Armed and Dangerous? Yeah, we're gonna do Armed. We're gonna we're gonna. I thought we were gonna talk about. We should probably this first before that. Cause that's that's really a one-off. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-off okay. issue. Yeah. So. So, okay, let's talk about the re- Return of Kane. Let's go with um, Greg, because we haven't heard from him yet. Oh, good lord. I, I mean, I like Kane. I'm glad he's back, but this whole story is a big blah. The villain is uninteresting. Does, does Rowena, Muse, or whatever her name is, show up ever again? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I didn't think so. I mean, the love of Kane's life. Yeah, the love of Kane. The, uh, uh, the la- did she ever show up before this? No. Okay, that's, okay. I thought I was crazy for a second. I mean, um, I, mean I, w- I will mention this right quick. Uh, this is Kane's um, last appearance before Redemption. Right, but it's it just feels like a waste of four issues. I mean, are you going to remember any of this after we're done talking about it? I don't even remember the name of the villain in this thing. Jones, Jones Meyer. <laughs> oh, I just call him Rich Blonde Douche playing golf. Video golf. I like to play video. I like to play video golf. You, you ease off, boys. Come on now. <laughs> okay, I'll be fair. Video golf is more fun than the real thing. I like the real thing too, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's really not much here. I mean, I like the Bagley art. I like Sabusema's art mostly. I don't like the inker he has here. And as much as I love John Romita, I hate the way John Romita draws Kane's costume. It just doesn't. I mean, it looks so blank when he draws it. You know what I'm talking about? It, it's, it's not it looks like the costume's alive when he draws it. Yeah. kind of yeah. does now that I think about it. In fairness, like, 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 Kane's costume in and of itself is a bit strange. Like, I'm not yeah. sure if we've ever said about, talked about it on this podcast, but what do we think about it? Because it is very, very, like, it's a rag of a cape, and it's this big, blank, you know, veiny kind of thing. Well, the the costume was a containment suit, but it was never implicitly stated in the books. No, 
that's the thing that's confusing, because it, 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 it's supposed to keep him alive, and I guess the veiny parts might actually be aid for his circulatory... Do we know that? Does, yeah, does that actually help his blood flow or something? Yeah, it's, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to, I think, put medicine that was developed by the Jackal in, into his body. To, to we don't know where it. he got the costume. The Jackal doesn't care about him. Why would the Jackal give him the costume? Well, if we're going solely by what's on the page, we don't really know anything about the costume, because all this stuff is just from, what, the sedimentary material and stuff people tried to fill in the gaps? Yeah, and, and, and I also... Barbarian garage sale. <laughs> well, and he also, um, it was talked about in the, during this month, they talk about the Return of Cannon, they kind of give a brief overview of him, and I think they actually implicitly state in the letters pages, or the, I think it was called the Web Net, with, um, it was just the Spider-Man, basically, bullpen bulletins, they actually say that, um, in the little blurb for Return of Cain month, but it, Again, it's never implicitly said on the page. It has you have to read the ancillary material to know about it. And no, there's no explanation as to how he got the costume. Who cares? Let's continue. Damn it! The costume looks so ridiculous. Like that, like when he wears it all the time. Like that one page where he's like in that apartment and he's dreaming of like killing his love interest, and he wakes up in the chair screaming no. I was like him being in that costume in the middle of that apartment screaming no to this guy is a very ridiculous image. Well, is it as ridiculous as him pulling off a Spider-Man costume or whatever that was over that costume? That was awesome. <laughs> nothing will be, nothing will ever be that ridiculous. <laughs> Except for the way that business suit. So why not? That was a watershed moment in the Clone Saga. I haven't thought about that except, in years. Except for the moment where, um, where we find out how Miles Warren's children die. Oh, I think that tops it. oh no. Yeah, Jackal yeah. Man. Jackal Man. I don't know. Maybe I think the cane the cane costume thing was a bit worse. To be honest, there was there was so little reason for that. <laughs> See, but uh, it, it was it was I guess it was worse. But tell me the truth, we got a hell of a lot of enjoyment out of that. <laughs> well, there was that time when when Matt Murdock created a fake twin brother. <laughs> yeah, I think that that, that, had, that had better be on a Netflix show, Josh. <laughs> it needs to be like like a whole season arc. <laughs> so, the so, Murdoch's brother. But, but I guess my further thoughts are, maybe this is how this whole thing eventually plays out, but except for King coming back, this arc doesn't impact anything at all. I mean, does Kane show up during the Clone Saga again after this? I don't think he does. Redemption. Redemption, Redemption yeah. right, 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 yeah. yeah. Other than that, no. Other than that, no. And I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad they brought him back. He's a cool character with a lot of potential. I mean, I wish Marvel would exploit him more because he deserves he deserves better than what he's what he's been getting lately. But I don't know. I just this whole story is just a big, gigantic waste of potential. I mean, none of these characters ever show up again. I mean, nothing in this ends up mattering. The great game actually does make another appearance before the end of the clone. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> it, it's, it's in the Betty Brand issue. Yeah, the oh. There you yeah. go. It's been a long time since I've read this, and this is how where like people die, and like Betty Brant like is crying because like she got scooped. Like people are dead, and Ken Ellis <laughs> got the scoop over me. <laughs> oh, bless, ben. Bless Betty. Bless oh Ben, Betty. if you die, if you die next week in Revelations, I promise to like try and look sad at your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the worst thing about the Great Game is though? Didn't it originally have some sort of tournament set up? 
that's completely gone by this issue, right? Where it just seems like yes. they're just wagering on like exhibition fights or something. And who's all? Yes. How, how are they? How can they be watching this? Do they have like satellites over this police game? Drones, of they, course. They have. They, they have, have the Alistair Smythe uh, flying spider seeker drones. That's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> yeah. Targeting computers can find Spider Man. Amazing! His speed, his agility. <laughs> Their job was only to find him, not to destroy him. Then whose job is it? <laughs> we can't stop. <laughs> we really can't. How many? How many '90s cartoon references? Have there, made? One of our listeners asked us on on our Facebook page right before we started recording. Hey, are you guys going to make commentaries again? It's like all in due time. This is the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone? Is anyone of our readings keep readers keeping count? Big Al, are you keeping count? Sorry, that's not to poke fun at him, but he's usually good at this stuff. Speaking of Big Al, make sure to mention that he's part of our uh, part of our website. Yeah, he is. This is a very random place to mention in the middle of like <laughs> the return of review. review. <laughs> yeah, like okay. we'll talk about more. Well, it, it, it's, a test. it's a test to see how well people are paying attention. Yeah, here's my review. I read it's a very hard test. Yeah, I read this arc <laughs> earlier today, and then I. Followed along while everyone did their recaps, and I still can't remember what the hell happened during it. <laughs> yeah, it is very disposable, I'll give you that. You just had an auto accident. You might have short-term memory loss. You might want to get that checked. <laughs> I did not get my... Maybe the comic wasn't the problem. <laughs> nice. But I give this a... a D. It's not awful, but... Yeah, it's pretty hard. But it's just... It's not awful, it's just slightly above an F. I'm looking at all the B's that I have written down on my page, and suddenly I'm starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do that I mean, then, you know. Gerard, it, it, you're next. It, it, no, it doesn't fail because Kane is back. But aside from that, it's just a whole big pile of nothing. Kane's really that good of a character, though. Yeah, I know. It's all sound and fury signifying nothing. All right, Gerard. Uh, I can't, uh, I, yeah, it's a disposable story, but I can't really get as, <laughs> as down on it as, uh, Greg does for a few reasons. Number one, for the most part, the art is awesome. Uh, this is probably Busama's best artwork for months, at least, since I pre Kevich. Wait, are we doing, are we doing issue by issue or the story as a whole? The story as a whole. Okay, great. Like, this is Busama's best art in a long time. Of course, we got Bagley, uh, uh, it looks like uh, Jurgens' art is really starting to gel at this point. Although Jurgens is great. Yeah, D- Don, you're usually good at this stuff. Did you? Is it my imagination, or did some of his Jameson panels look like swipes? You know, I, I specifically thought that his Jameson panels looked really good, but I, I there's something in the back of my head that's saying this. There's a there's a calmly sense of familiarity, so it might be a. So I actually thought that like some of his panels with like a. What's her name? Muse. Look like him, they look like they, like that panel with the rhino. It looks like Maxima from Death of Superman to me. That, that, that's the specific image. So right. I can't tell you where the Jameson one would be from, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did swipe it. I'm not sure where where from. The, the, the Jameson ones really look like Romita swipes to me. Maybe from the Hobgoblins, the, the, the final Hobgoblin story uh, back when like the whole editor thing was with the Scorpion, because like it, it, it reminds me of that with like the inking and stuff. Yeah. Like, the, the smaller panels, obviously the bigger panels are all straight jurgens, like, with the faces and stuff, but, I don't know, it's just a little nagging thing in the back of my head. I hate when that happens. That happens a lot with certain artists, but you can usually tell where the swipes are coming from. This is another one where it just seemed vague enough that I couldn't quite... I, yeah, I, yeah I, I can't tell. I, I honestly think it looks really good. Yeah, either way, it's, it's great artwork. Not gonna fault him for that. 
And if it was, it was just a couple of panels here and there. And, uh, of course, uh, I thought J.R. Jr.'s art was good, although the script was confusing, because it was hard to follow at places. But, yeah, by and large, good art. Um, the story had some confusing moments, like that whole, like, the thing Josh was mocking with the dream sequence that he had, where they repeated some of the panels on the next page and stuff. J- jumpy as heck, and then the the weird jarring appearance of the rhino from issue to issue where he sort of looks silver agey the first time and then he turns into like skin he's really skinny in the amazing issue well the amazing issue well, yeah like, like some of the issues amazing he's like a lot more toned and delineated yeah although oh, oh yeah I do have one complaint about the art uh what's up with Mew suddenly becoming brunette in one issue and being red, and being a redhead in the other three like, come on, can we stop with the redheads, please? Who who was the colorist on Amazing that that messed that one up? Bob Sharon, ten in your pay, your back paycheck for that Malibu. one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and the, the the double crosses, quote unquote, in the story were so obvious. Like you, you knew as soon as she followed him, that like, okay, she's gonna betray him. I knew that was coming, and then it made no sense if she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and then when she kisses him, it's like, okay, she's gonna betray the guy because she's actually falling. Like this is very standard stuff, which is probably why Greg uh-huh. thought it was dull and boring and not going anywhere. But I, fa- I, I don't know. I just found the way it was written. Some of it was entertaining, especially Jurgens. He's really good at writing, like good uh, snappy Spider-Man dialogue and stuff. But then again, he's the one that's most directly trying to silver age it up, I guess. And then, of course, you know, I can't be mad at the artwork, and even though the story sort of fizzles out at the end, and it, it really is just forgettable, it, it's not offensive to me, and I thought the art and the action and stuff was good enough that it was entertaining for me to read, so, I don't know, overall, B- minus maybe? It's not great or anything like that, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Gerard's the good cop today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird position for me to be in, let me tell you. <laughs> How can you live with yourself? <laughs> All right, uh, Donovan, give us your thoughts. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> Screw you, Greg. Um, <laughs> like, I think that like it it started out kind of dull, and I agree that like you know this whole this whole great game thing really threatened to ruin it because it is just so dumb. No, it's it's not even stupid. It's just dumb, you know. It, but like, I think that like as the story progressed, it, it was told better and better. Um, the you know the the opening is the opening part is kind of a Kane issue and they do the whole overwrought he is Kane and this is that and the other thing which is just, I, I don't like the writing when they do that so oh, it gets real bad in the adjectiveless issue where he's where he's attacking the building it it, it kind of does but like I like the writing I love that I like Mackey's writing in, in the adjectiveless too I'll get to that in a minute um, but like you know it gradually picked up with me like like I. I don't think I can ever give a bad grade to an amazing issue because Bagley's artwork engenders such goodwill for me that I just enjoy reading it whether this actual writing is good or not. I really do. I'm having so much fun reading Amazing Spider-Man when it's this era of Mark Bagley and I'm seeing like, you know, like, like the, the, the colors are all brighter. Um, you know, like the, the action's incredible. I just, I just, that's just my favorite Spider-Man artist. You know, it also has some fun ads too. I love the Untold Tales of Spider-Man ad. That's an awesome ad. Uh, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, you know, reflect against the story, but, like, I like that. And um, I actually started recognizing ads from when I first started reading ASM as a kid, like the M&M's ad and the Kane ad. 
like you know he was killed in Maximum Clonage, so how is he back? I remember reading that when I was like in grade school, so you know a lot of full circle coming around here now. I liked J. Jordan Jameson in this story. I thought you know the clones I guess been kind of struggling to keep Jameson a character overall. He was he was there during Child Peter Parker, but like it, it's really gotten away from the familiar trappings of Spider Man. But I thought Jameson worked really well in the story. Wanting to know about I, I'm waiting for Josh to interrupt me. Wanting for wanting to know about the skeleton and stuff. And I really like that scene in Sensational where he turns around and, and Ben's like, well, this sure is awkward. You! Murderer! Like, I, that was a very classic but not, like, you know, patronizing J. Jonah Jameson scene. And I, and I genuinely really enjoyed that. Uh, well, well, like, <laughs> I was going to do so. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. I'm raising my grade to a C minus. I did like Jameson. Well, I mean, okay. it, it, it's been a long t- it's peer pressure, bro. I hated I hated Jameson. Let me let me make my case before you raise your grade. Fair enough, fair enough. But Don, I agree with you. At least they gave him a reason to be there this time. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it feels like it's hard to come by by Jameson's good Jameson moments these days. But this one, this one felt naturally. It fell into place, and I liked him. I really, I actually really like the scene in Active List where like he's like, "So let me get this straight. None of you pro." Have anything on the, on the skeleton? Get me Peter Parker. I thought was pretty awesome. I know it's, it's a bit of a lazy way to get Peter back in back in New York, but I like the fact that like in this point in the relationship, he values Peter's work ethic in terms of bring him news that he can rely on him. And uh, you know, in case of in case of danger, break glass for Peter Parker. That that for some reason really was cool. <laughs> and I thought that like. Like, like the Ashdoublets issue, as it went on, okay, the romance was was as lazy as it gets. <laughs> but I liked Ben and go, Ben versus Kane. I thought that was well done, and I thought that like the whole bit with her um, throwing herself off the building to distract from uh, Kane escaping. That scene I thought was well written because like, uh, crap, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, here we go. Like I, I just like Ben's like you know no. Why is this all happening to me? Push me to the limit. Why just can't it ever end easy? And like he's just frustrated with the whole ordeal. And she's like, "Ha ha!" He escaped. I thought that was like really, really good. I mean, this is the part. I think this story starts out, you know, typical clones like a throwaway, and it kind of just it weans its way into pretty enjoyable storytelling. It's, again, it's it's not anything to take home with. It's not anything memorable, like Greg said. But for what it's worth, it really is kind of enjoyable. Just as you know, some fun comics that doesn't really make you know, makes sense. And the, the the stuff that's bad isn't bad enough to say, well, I'm taking a grade off of this because this was stupid, you guys. Like, it, it, who gives a crap? It's, it's fun. And I, I thought that, like, um, the story was better in terms of entertain, entertainability. That's not a word. It had any other right to be. So I'll give it a, a B plus. Josh, give us your rebuttal about Jigsaw Jameson. Well, I'll go. Well, okay. I'm all over the place with stuff I have to say. But Jameson, first of all, Jameson is a newsman, um, and he got where he was by being, you know, even though he he isn't always a good newsman, but he could be a good reporter. So when there is a Spider-Man skeleton found in a smokestack, shouldn't he remember photos that he received of Spider-Man putting someone in a Spider-Man costume into a smokestack? Wouldn't, like, that be... Especially because it was, like, Spider-Man's a murderer, and now he's thinking Spider-Man's a murderer again under similar circumstances. This isn't going to cross his mind at all. We should should refer listeners to the issue of uh, the Lynn Wien run, where, like, that cover literally has the Spider-Man in the smokestack image, and and James is like, you know, ha-ha! 
like like where it explicitly invokes this. this you killed Peter Parker in a Spider-Man costume for some reason and took his place. And then Peter's like, um, Harry Osborn faked photos of me for reasons. Parker, you expect me to believe that story? Because I absolutely do. Oh, well, all's well that ends well. Do, 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 do. Um, in fact, like, it was those photos. If it wasn't for those photos being faked, we never would have had Marla Madison. Because he went to Marla Madison to build those spider slayers to yep. bring in Peter Parker for the murder of Spider-Man. Which means that we never would have had that, like, um, arc in um, Big Time, where Alistair Smythe, like, kills her, which means we never would have, like, um, so much stuff. It, it's a whole ripple effect, thanks to Harry Osborn doing those photos. Um, anyway, yeah, and that and the fact that it was a big... This, this is something that bothers me about Jameson that almost all writers do. But it was a big deal in the Roger Stern run when he admitted to creating Scorpion. And Spider-Man made the point, like, you can never be a newsman again now. Like, you've lost your credibility. He says, yep, that is why I am no longer editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle. He's still publisher, but he's no longer editor-in-chief. Robbie's the editor-in-chief. Robbie is running the Bugle. Robbie is giving people assignments. Robbie decides what the headlines are. Robbie is in charge. But then, you know... And for a while, they were good about it. Like, if you read, like, late 80s Spider-Man, it's Robbie doing Jonah's role. And Jonah will, like, come in and, like, say stuff, but, like, he doesn't really have the power that he used to. And, like, he'll even say to Robbie, I don't like the way you did that headline, but, you know, oh, well, you're the editor-in-chief around here. Jonah shouldn't be giving people assignments and, like, doing this stuff. It, It undermines that whole, like, plot development. And, like, Robbie was city editor, Jonah was editor in chief Now their titles have changed, but their relationship is still basically the same, and it is not supposed to be. And that is something that continually bothers me about Spider-Man comics until Jonah finally, like, leaves the bugle and enters politics. My other notes for this... I was going to mention ASM number 169 is a a panel listeners should at least look at for the connection to the storyline. ASM what? See, with Josh, Josh, there's a little bit of that in real life, though. Like, oftentimes, the public, like, especially around here, like, with, like, the New York Daily News or the Post and stuff, they have, like, editors-in-chief, but sometimes the publisher will insinuate themselves into certain big stories and, like, alter the editorial direction of it. It's not that crazy or unheard of for that to happen, although the extent to which Jameson does it is a little ridiculous. And that, and because the books, like, made such a big deal about, like, you know, this has changed forever now. And now it's like, you wouldn't even know that that story happened. Um, <sighs> Return of Kane. Kane is a really, really personal villain for Spider-Man in that, you know, I don't know, he's his clone. And he's been following our current, this current Spider-Man for five <laughs> years, stalk, stalking him. Like, And Kane, the villain here didn't even have to be Kane. It could have been almost anyone. Like, it could have even been like a Batman villain. This could have been Scarecrow, okay? Like, you know, like, there was nothing, like, very, very Kane about the story aside from the premonitions. So for a book called Return of Kane, I think it should have been more personal. They did a better job with Kane um, in Redemption. The first issue yeah. of Spectacular, I gave a C plus uh, because not much happened in it, and every single female looked like Mary Jane. And that scene of Kane yelling no on the couch was one of the most ridiculous panels I've ever seen. For Sensational Spider-Man... um. 
I have a note that says Desiree Hardy because like Desiree like has like a moment similar to like Felicia in the Scorpion episode where she's like, he ignored me. Who does he think he is? Oh, yeah. Um, and um, Ben's friends throw him a surprise party, and then they get pissed at him because he didn't come to his own. So, oh, wait, no, they don't get pissed at him because this isn't the Marv Wolfman run, and these people have sense. So, yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, in the Marv Wolfman run, Peter's friends threw him a surprise party, and, like, they got mad at Peter and, like, wouldn't talk to him for ten issues because he didn't come to his own surprise party to the point where, like, <laughs> they let him, like, Dropped his lunch when he had a broken arm, and we're like, oh, "Come on, Harry, something stinks in here." Uh, that. I, I read that too. But anyway, um, the and the whole surprise party thing that was very, very much like a Peter Parker thing because Peter Parker's friends would like always throw parties in his house, like without telling him, and like in those parties, give him new furniture and stuff, and that's what's happening to Ben here. So that really was a Spider-Man thing. Um, case in point, the whole this doesn't feel like Kane and the spectacular, the sensational issue when Kane is leaving, like with Muse, it's like, come on, you know, don't worry about Spider-Man. We have to get out of here. It's like, no, Kane, don't you want to get Ben? Um, I liked um, the image of like Ben kissing Jessica while the Spider-Man, you know, skeleton was like in the closet unseen behind them. I thought that was a nice visual considering like, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that it was, like, some deep, like, philosophical thing. Like, it, it's not subtext. It's, like, it's text. It's right there. It's, you know, symbolic of him hiding his secret from her. But it, it was a nice visual. This issue actually felt more like Spider-Man than the other issues, classic Spider-Man. So I gave it an A. Amazing. I loved the Mark Bagley art. Uh, that always, uh, you know, gives it a step up for me. Otherwise, not much really happened there. Um, that I didn't mention in the recap. I liked the development for Kane in um, No Adjective Spider-Man at the end where he decides not to let his premonitions own him because I was expecting him to, you know, kill his off-again, off-again girlfriend, but he didn't. So that was kind of cool. And I actually liked the way that um, John Romita Jr. like drew uh, this issue, especially Kane's costume because it looked less 90s and more dynamically interesting and dark and scary than he usually does. I gave no adjective list um, a B. Okay, and um, so... Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I guess the only person left is me. I'm going to give this a C plus. And the only reason I'm going to give it a C plus... Or, you know what? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give it a B minus. B minus. Yeah, B minus because I'll tell you right now, they um, the artwork really elevated to a B status, much like what uh, what Donovan said and Gerard said. The artwork is consistent through is consistently good throughout this entire arc. I think that they're finally starting to hit their stride. It's been a couple of months now, and they're getting used to drawing the new costume and everything like that. So, uh, so I, I think that it definitely um, is a good thing to see with uh, um, with this with this storyline. I feel like they're starting to build some momentum, but at this point, I also feel like at the same time there's some momentum being built. But on the other hand, it feels like that their wheels are still being spun. I feel like next month with Web of Carnage is when things really start to pick up. But um, yeah, so I, I, I going in, in issue by issue, 
Um, I like the artwork with Sabi Simmons. I agree with this is some of his best artwork that he's, we've seen from him. I um, I have to also say that um, he's probably the weakest of of the four of the four artists this month. And it's not because I don't dislike Sabi Simmons' artwork. It's because I just think that Bagley and Romina Jr. and of course. Uh, uh, Dan Jurgens all brought their A games, and they were games better. Yeah, and I, I they were better, not necessarily. Um, yeah, so I, I I think that um um the story is not great, but it's not bad either. I think it's definitely a um I, I, we've obviously seen worse on this show. Obviously. Oh yeah. So that um, other uh, issue. And now we're going to get. Speaking of that other issue, we're going to get to uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number two thirty-two. Now this was kind of this is a one-shot issue. Um, It doesn't fit into a story arc, so I felt like we we should probably cover it with this book with this particular episode. And Greg has the honor of doing two thirty-two. Thank you. Okay. We open up by being reminded of a horrible story as Sewer Trainer's consciousness lost in the vast depths of the internet pulls itself together after escaping the manacles of 4chan, the dungeons of something awful, the tortured chambers of YouTube comments, and the labyrinth of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Sewer Trainer! Now come to you, race. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There may be bits and pieces of him on AOL floppy disks, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, Trainer attempts to get back into his body, which is which is unplugged as it's being prepared for a transfer to Carolyn. Meanwhile, Ben Riley is watching Days of Our Lives as there is a knock on his door. To his pleasure, it's Peter and the very pregnant Mary Jane. It turns out Jameson, as he said last issue, called Peter in and flew him in from Portland to get incriminating photos of Spider-Man with a pointless red herring. Peter's also curious about the red herring and compliments Ben's new hair. Ben shocks Peter by showing him the red herring, and Peter is told by both Ben and MJ that he would have stolen it too were he in Ben's position. And we all know, Peter, you would have. <laughs> As they ask questions, Jessica Carradine knocks on the door, and Peter and Ben scramble like idiots to hide the red herring, herring in the closet. And this is a hilarious scene. I love the way it's drawn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and Donovan, it really is a great I think, scene. I think you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 this is. I'll talk about it when I'm reviewed. Cool. Yeah, Ben then tells Peter to hide, saying they look exactly alike, and Jessica will get suspicious. And Peter admits he lost his powers in a miniseries that I didn't read, and he's unable to hide. Mary Jane, being the sensible one, comes up with the idea of P- that Peter is Ben's cousin from Portland. As they all meet and greet. Ben spots a bone from the red herring and kicks it under the couch before Jessica barely spots it, only for Peter to distract her by talking photography. As Peter, as Peter takes Jessica to the other room, Sewer Trainer appears on Ben's TV. He couldn't find his body and has been disconnected, and Carolyn is trying to procure it for nefarious purposes. Of course, no one asks the obvious question of how Sewer Trainer could have entered a TV that wasn't connected to the internet in the mid-90s and how they were able to have a two-way conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, Peter, Ben, and MJ managed to get Jessica to leave as Ben changes into Spider-Man and swings off to stop Lady Ock. 
Spidey shows up, shows up and stops Lady Ock from taking custody of her father as we get the beginning of a pretty cool fight scene while Lady Ock's henchmen try to kidnap Seward from the hospital. Ock tells Spidey she's sick of him, but Spidey is mad, mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore and slams her, fa- her face first into a car in a really cool fight scene. Then webs up her henchmen. She is soon arrested and Seward manages to return to his body. Ben heads over to Jessica's apartment, excited for a hot date. He enters her apartment and is stunned as all over her walls are photos of Spider-Man. So many photos, he thinks she's Eddie Brock from the 90s animated series. <laughs> At least she doesn't have statues like Leisha Hardy did. Now, right. surprise, surprise! Run, Ben. Run, you're going to pitch! Run, yes, exactly. We are poison to you, Ben Riley. That's why we call ourselves the venomous. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, run, we Ben, are. run. This is how yeah, this is how the misery situation starts. Da, da, da. Sorry, sure I was on Jessica mute. Carandine. Okay, so um, so we're gonna start with let's start with Gerard. Gerard, give us your thoughts. Oh man, this issue, this issue is so schizo. Because on the one hand, the uh, the domestic angle of the story is actually really entertaining. Like when they're, I, I don't know how else to put it other than to call it bone juggling. Because like they're dealing with the skeleton and they're just pieces falling off everywhere, kicking them off. The, the whole shenanigans with that I found really funny. And I did enjoy the interactions between them all when they're in the room and talking and just having some you know friendly interaction. But unfortunately... You can't just have that in a Spider-Man comic. No, no, no. You have to have some sort of villain plot or some sort of thing to overcome. And that part of the issue is terrible. Just terrible. Like, Greg mentioned in his recap, Seward Trainer showing up on TV, even though the TV is not connected to the Internet. What? Even Even though the whole mechanics of Seward being trapped in the Internet makes no sense to begin with, that makes even less sense. But then... It's an interesting fight. I'll give it. I'll give it that. But oh man, I don't know. It feels much more superfluous. Like especially after the issue we issues we just had, especially that amazing issue. This fight feels almost sort of disappointing. And also the fact that he slung her into the car and she very clearly breaks her neck. <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah. Her head is like yeah. her head is at like a ninety degree angle. How did she survive? Uh, or for that matter, how's she if... walking again? I don't know, but do we see her today? Yeah, we do. I know she's she showed up. She showed up sensitive, but like in terms of the clone saga. Oh no, she oh she showed up. Yeah, she's a okay. She's just fine. I don't remember her showing up after this. I yeah, this she she helped her. revive Ark. That was after. Well, not that that was clone after saga. the clone saga. Oh, okay. this is her last appearance but in she, clone but, saga. But she does appear the decade, I guess. And yes. she was in Spider Girl for a while. That was fun. Yeah, and she appeared in Secret War, <laughs> as well as I think some Thunderbolts issues. Okay, and she was I'll a centerfold in Playboy, nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> and she's wow, back stop. in a comic called the Superior Doctor Octopus. No, Wait, so she, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when she appeared in did she when she appeared in in that Playboy issue, Josh? Did we ever figure out if the purple hair is real? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, we found out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, 
Um, I, I thought she had a wig. <laughs> Let's just back away from that. Although her hair was brown in one panel in this issue. Yeah, she had a wig. <laughs> Look right. at the next panel. The wig flies off. Right, right, right. But, um, I don't know. I'm glad that the C-word is no longer trapped in the internet. I'll give it that. <laughs> Thank God we don't have to hear another <laughs> another bit of that nonsense. But otherwise, I don't know. I'm just glad. This issue is one that we could just throw away and try to forget about. Peyton? Yeah, I just, uh, 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 you know what, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Donovan go first. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is with y'all. I, I thought this was a fun issue. I really did. You know, okay, the weakest part is the art. It's not, I think whatever Basim is trying to do, it's it's still visible, but whatever happens with the inking or the coloring or whatever, it ends up being particularly mudding, and it's just, just not great art. It's it's like, uh, I thought, I, I would like to think that Jimmy Pongo is a better inker than this. Maybe we're just kind of starting out. But um, anyway, but um, I... I thought this was a perfectly fine issue. Yeah, the 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 the, the um, Doctor Octopus fight is there because it's a Spider-Man comic. We need to have a supervillain fight. But understanding that requirement, that doesn't. I I, I don't take away. I don't let that you know drown out any enjoyment in the issue. Now, a lot of the enjoyment was like you know the reunion of Peter and Ben and Mary Jane, or I should say Ben and Peter and Mary Jane. I thought that was cool having him react to his, his blonde hair. And it, it, for me, because I've never read this issue before, having the first realization of we look at exactly like how we're going to pull this off, and Mary Jane basically slaps on the back of their head saying, just say you're cousins. Because, you know, when I was a kid, I, I just, you know, read them where they pretended to be cousins. So I liked that bit. And it was fun seeing uh, Peter re- react to things that been like – Ben is Spider-Man, and Peter's reacting like Spider-Man, but he can't do anything. So I liked him saying, you know, do you need any help? And Ben's like, sorry, but, you know, without powers, what, what good can you do? That was an, inter- that was an interesting situation to see <laughs> what, we later, what we later realized that the original Spider-Man kind of be in. And I just, I, I like, and then, you know, holy crap, my Dave's here. <laughs> we, we got, uh, uh, Peter, get out the window. I can't. What do you mean you can't? I lost powers. You what? Like, the, I thought the humor was, was legitimately funny. In a way, it wasn't groaning. Um, and uh, it was a funny situation because it was a natural situation because, you know, and Mary Jane's kind of just rolling her eyes throughout. I thought that was good. And then, like, you know, for, for, some, for some reason, <laughs> Super Channel just shows up on the, on the television saying, hello. Oh, this is the weather, man. Oh, and today's weather is going to be like, like that's, that's, that's goofy. But I thought it was funny. Sue me. Um, okay, the Doc, Oc, the Doc Ock plot. No, I don't care, but, like, you know, that, that that doesn't mean I hate it. <laughs> like, uh, I thought the action was actually kind of decent. I, I, was, I, too, was surprised by the brutality of ben, ben showed her when he, like, just, just torpedoes her into a car. Yeah, she looks like she's dead. <laughs> and I mean it, too. So that's that, that was a little uncomfortable to see. Um, I don't know what happens to Steve Trainer throughout. I know that he's involved with, Dr., with Norman Osborn somehow. Spoilers. But um, I'm not sure where it's going. But, uh, They're lovers. Um, uh, thank God. But, um... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to me to see him back here because he is such a ridiculous character. I don't really mind seeing him again. And uh, I thought the ending was interesting. It, it was certainly like, okay, where's this, where's this going? I don't think that like Jessica Carradine is a mustache twirling villain, but it's an interesting thing for uh, Ben Wright to deal with. Like, you know, it's not like she's having like you know pictures of the clones or whatever. She's just having like oh, Spider Man. He's like, well, I'm Spider Man now. What am I going to do? It's just. Eh. I thought it 
was fun. So I'll give it an A minus. Josh. All right. Um, I like the scene with Peter and Mary Jane and Ben up until Jessica Carradine comes. Like the banter was fun. The whole like you know, it, both of them admiring the um, the like crawl space together. Like oh cool, this will be a great place to like crawl out and change in the Spider Man. You know like kind of this like weird thing they could both geek out on. Once Jessica Carradine comes, she should have been suspicious as bleep because like. They cannot, like, no one can answer a question without, like, trying to lead her to another room or, like, what was that on the table? Like, nothing. Finishing each other's sentences. Like, they were as suspicious as, like, Kang and Kodos in that first Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Like, every question just came to any essence, like, oh, cool, who's this guy? Oh, uh, uh, we're, uh, cousins, yeah, yeah, cousins. Like, uh, the, the, the Patty Duke show. It's like, hey, Ben, what's that under the table? Jessica, you're a photographer, right? Quick, let's walk to the other room. It's like, hey, hey, guys, what are you watching on TV? Oh, um, um, just the, uh, the, the, the weather, yeah, the weather channel. Totally the weather channel. By the way, C-word, how do you know where I live since I didn't get this apartment until after you were trapped in the internet? Uh, yeah, when he was surfing cyberspace, he found out, you know, the cyber information that, that Ben had to own the house. Lightpages.com. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. He's in the internet with Dexter Douglas, so... All right. I'll buy it. Um, but yeah, those are... Um, otherwise, I give this issue a B. You know, it was still, like, you know, fun Spider-Man, and it had a good fight. Um, I thought Seward being in the TV was, like, a little too much, and, like, it, it's, like, the perfect culmination to the ridiculousness of, like, Cyber Seward Trainer and his adventures... Okay, Greg, give us your thoughts, and then I'll uh, wrap it up. I actually thought this was a fun one. I liked it a lot more than Return of Kane. I mean, yeah, that's problems. I think the sewer trainer stuff, with him being on the internet, talking to them on the TV was just bull, but that story, that's just wrapping up a previous story, which was really bad. I, I love the scene in the living room where even when Jessica shows up, yeah, they're acting all suspicious, but it's actually amusing more than annoying in this case. It's not like more modern Spidey comics where it would be, where it would tip over to annoying and not be amusing at all. And and Mary Jane's a sensible one. I love how she comes up with the idea that they're cousins. And it's it's the simplest idea, and I'm surprised that they didn't come up with it them, themselves. But I guess they're used to hiding their crap from everybody on the planet. And the fight scene, yeah, it was a bit over the top. I thought it was a well-drawn, well-choreographed fight scene. And But yeah, she should be dead. <laughs> but it's a comic book. So, you remember uh, how? Yeah. What? The, there's a there's an internet meme now with uh, Salby Sima punches. <laughs> this right. this is this is the quintessential Salby Sima punch issue. Um, everything is like over the top, and and the fight scene. Like I say, like I mean, like I said, it's a really well choreographed fight scene. But yeah, it's a little bit over the top, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I thought the Zago, this is probably one of the Zago's best issues yeah. thus far that we've covered. And I think that the, the scene where they're trying to hide the body, Weekend at Bernie style, um, really just, there was a lot of fun. And you can tell the amount of life that has been injected with Peter and Mary Jane being in the book. I think that, that really, from this point on, 
Peter, there's there's a reason that Peter and Mary Jane are here, and that there's some purpose now. Whereas, um, with with Ben, yeah, we had um, moments with with there's some great moments with the supporting cast, but now the supporting cast is even further enhanced with Peter and Mary Jane being here. So I think that this is why this issue for me is going to get an A minus. Hooray! Yeah, I'll give it a B plus myself, but did you notice how, do you ever feel that as soon as Peter and MJ walk back into the book, you can already sort of see the gears turning where they're going to walk back the entire reveal that Ben was the original and his turn this Spider-Man? Is, do you feel, I mean, you this, can sort of see it on the paper there. You can see the groundwork being laid. Right, and, and this was actually the point that uh, we talked about this last Last yeah, Marvel knew what they were going to do at this point. Yeah, Marvel... Really? Bob, Bob Ulensky had already decided to shit reverse course by this point. <laughs> by <start>. issue two <laughs> of yeah. the, the second month or whatever, wow. Third Before month, they finished it, Final Adventure, from what I understand, because I remember there was a note in, like, Parker, um, Life of Riley, where they say, like, yes... We realized the irony that we were working on a book called Spider-Man: The Final Adventure while we were also pl- like trying to figure out how to create a backdoor for Peter to come back. Yeah, literally. And if there's, I'm telling you, you whenever you get to that point in Life of Riley, it is so interesting because I think they had like three or four different endings, and at one point, Fabian, Fabian Netzia actually was threatening Ziza. to like the Ziza. I thought it was Netzia. Nope. Okay, Nasiza. Yeah. Fabian Nasiza literally is like about to quit the book. Like he's like, I'm done. I'm out. Somebody else he, write he the said last. He did not want to be known as the writer who like, killed Spider Man and Mary Jane's baby. And Tom Brevoort said the same thing. He didn't want to be known. <laughs> and then they're like, damn it! Who can we find that's sick and bloodthirsty enough to do a comic where Spider Man's baby died and a young intern named Dan Slott stood up and said, "Okay, Captain, my Captain." <laughs> <laughs> ironically, enough, ironically enough I think actually it wasn't it wasn't Fabian that said that it was um, Tom Brevor that said that and then what happened over a decade later yep yep actually but that technically wasn't Tom Brevor that was actually uh, Axel Alonso but anyway what uh, Axel Alonso was the editor of the Spider books. Okay, no, but you're like, that wasn't technically Tom Brevoort. It's like, it either was or wasn't. Like, when you say it wasn't <laughs> technically him, that makes it sound like it was him, kind of, or it was like someone pretending to be him. Excuse me, it wasn't him, it was Axel Alonso, okay. but it was around the same time he took over the Spider books. Okay, anyway, so, um, guys, any other final thoughts before we wrap this episode up with a book? I thought this was Actually, a good month. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it was okay, I mean, that uh, fight scene, I have, to, I have to know, when we were talking about this fight scene, uh, Spidey just slamming Lady Ock into the car and how she should be dead, I'm reminded of Marvel Knights issue one where Spider-Man slams Green Goblin in the back of a mailbox and the crowd just starts like, why the hell did he have to go do that? Where's that crowd right now? She <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to kill her father. <laughs> hey, father. if I didn't stop it, he would have killed everybody. Gerard? Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm with Donald on this one. This month wasn't actually that bad. Well, it, I got two months technically because we did an issue from the following one, but yeah, overall not bad. Yeah. Are you guys excited for Web of Carnage? Uh, I remember liking Web of Carnage. 
I don't remember Web of Carnage very well, but I remember the stuff after that better, and I really like that stuff, especially adjectives. Yeah, um, I'm, I am I like Web of Carnage a lot. I think the artwork is even better with Web of Carnage than it was with uh, with this month. So I'm really excited to cover that. This will um, this will wrap up the cover date March of '96 and go into uh, April of '96 or '96 with the last part. So, um, and then there's going to be several one shots that we'll be covering after that because uh, I, th- I think that's the uh, maybe the Delilah storylines after Web of Carnage. From remembering, yeah, no, no, we never we, we never did a Spider-Man Final Adventure. Yeah, um, and we may, like I say, the 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 rundown of our next few episodes is still kind of fluid. Uh, I do want to cover Final Adventure just because it's so interesting, um, and it's actually a really good story. So we may cover that next time. I remember Peter's driving, and for some reason, he's wearing glasses again. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I remember that. And uh, we may need to split. We may need to split and do after Web of Carnage. Don't all the books start doing their own storylines? We might we might have to switch it so that we're covering like multiple issues at the same title and stuff like that, right? Yeah, that's what that's that's kind of my plan. Um, eventually, we'll we won't be able to do the month to month format just because, like, um, since Spectacular's got a Lizard storyline that's going to be going on. Um, there's I know the, Adjectivalist has the gangster storyline with uh, Don Fortunato or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the gangster storyline. I love that story. Yeah, oh, then yeah. you've got then you've got uh, the Daredevil team up issue. That, that's Don um, Fortunato's story. <laughs> this is the same one. Yeah, well, the the the, the Don Fortunato story go, starts like in issue seventy and goes all the way to seventy four. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so we're gonna have to get it kind of creative with how we structure the episodes, just because um, you got a bunch of story arcs going on. And I guess really, we can just do it however they do it in the trade. Yeah, that's probably what we'll do. Um, that's kind of I think when I was doing my big when I had my big board and I was trying to write everything out and trying to make everything make sense, I think that's how I actually was doing it. it was based off the trades, so. We'll try to do it in chronological order. And I think um, over time, we're also, uh, as we start to get closer to Revelations, we'll start doing some of the um, some of the old miniseries that we neglected to do. Like, for an I don't, octopus, Prunal Cronus, Symbiotes. Yeah, oh, uh, no. fam- family, family plot, the Punisher <laughs> storyline. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no, we need to split some of this stuff up, though, because we shouldn't cover that much garbage at once. Right, like right. you know, you know, maybe co- like you know, Don Fortunato, and then we'll cover like Family Plot and Planet of Symbiotes or something in between. And then we'll do like you know the ama- the amazing arc or whatever. Dude, Planet the Sim, yeah, Planet of the Symbiotes is going to be a nightmare because they're all like double sized issues, and there's five parts, <sighs> and they don't make sense in continuity. Actually, yeah, there's so many continuity errors; it's not even funny. Like. Yeah, I. I <laughs> well, like, like Spider Man and Ben Riley are fighting side by side, and like they still think Ben is the clone, even though like, but basically like it's it's supposed to take place before Smoke and Mirrors, but like Spider Man doesn't even know that Ben Riley's still alive until he sees him in Smoke and Mirrors because he thought that he died at the end of Power and Responsibility in Ravencroft. Right, and and like Ven- Venom and Ben are buddy buddy, but this is after Ben kicked his ass, like. That doesn't make any sense. Nothing like, would have made sense in this era. There was, 
there's a there's a scene where Venom, Venom, Peter, and Ben are all sitting around unmasked in Peter's apartment. Having beer, and Mary Jane is like just sitting there giving them lemonade, like it's like it's a okay. Oh hey guys, who's thirsty? Me, me. Yeah, this is Venom, the same guy that terrified her to the point where she's a shriveling, crying mess. In, in um, Amazing Spider-Man number three hundred, is sitting there serving him tea and crumpets at at his house. What? Well, well it makes as much sense. as Jonah Jameson being happy to see Norman Osborn during the American Sun. Oh my god, yeah. Ugh. Ugh, let's not talk about that. But anyway, so this episode... Of Don't you just feel so excited that we're getting so close to the end? Kind of. Yeah, we're... we're I'm excited to more. get to that Betty Brand issue. That'll be fun. I haven't gotten to flex those muscles in a while. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is the first you... time in a while where we can actually see the finish line. Isn't that cool? We still got, right? like, to you got like, you know, nine or ten months worth of stuff to go, but it's getting there. We're getting there. Momentum, man. Yeah, but there, there, there is going to be, like, new Warriors issues that we never did, and, like, you know, <laughs> an I've got some plans for those lesser stuff. I mean, we'll eventually figure out the format. Clone you know. Star right. Chronicles outtakes. We put all the shitty stories into the outtakes. And, you know, and it might be fun to do the original Clone Saga and, like, the Karin thing. Yeah, didn't yeah, you well, cover I, that though already with the first episode? Oh yeah, yeah we we, we kind of like did it as a prologue, but like I don't know if that was proper coverage. Well, that, uh, that also how, like that arc's actually pretty long, isn't it? Like it's a, it's a solid twelve like, issues. Yeah, it's like nine or ten issues long. Yeah. Well, like, well, but, uh, but like it's not all Clone Saga. There's like some issues where it's just like Peter sees Clone Gwen's foot. And, like, runs into the street, and then, like, the rest of it's like, boy, I wonder why J. Jonah Jameson went to Paris. And, yeah, like, well, that, that story with the shocker. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there sure is a new Mysterio. The, pretty much, they include everything in the uh, Clone Saga trade, but the first appearance of Punisher. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, and then by the time we... Oh, God, that's right. Spider-Verse is going to be ending at some point. Yeah, yeah I mean... We've got, I mean, we've got a long way to go before... And I don't know if we ever finished Volume 1 of Scarlet Spider... We still have, yeah, yeah. We we haven't done that yet. <laughs> in, other, in other words, when I said we were getting close to the finish line, I was completely wrong. I was like, no, no, Gerard, no. We're getting close but, to like uh, we're getting close to one of our mission statements. Let me put it that way. I'm getting closer to alcoholism than the end of the phone. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this episode, of course, was brought to you by Spidey-Dude.com. I am your host Zach Joyner. We appreciate you listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time here on Clone Saga Chronicles. Uh, be sure to listen to our two other shows, Spectacular Radio, hosted by, of course, Mr. Greg Bashansky, where you, you you get to hear Greg Wiseman and Jennifer L. Anderson uh, talk about the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff about each and every episode of the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. And you also get to hear myself, Greg, and Gerard with Jesse Garrett talk about the uh, episodes in the, in the fan panel every month. Then, of course, you've got uh, our other show. Our, our, our other it, show? <laughs> the redheaded Mayday. stepchild of the Spidey Dude family. <laughs> the, the Mayday Mondays podcast, hosted by, of course, Mr. Gerard Delatour II. Gonna, and there's going to be a dump of there's going to be a dump of episodes soon. Just wait, people. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of episodes in the can that you'll be hearing for, hearing very soon. Mayday Mondays, a, a podcast hosted by our very own Gerard Delatour, is also on the network, and there's a bunch of episodes coming to you soon. So stay tuned for that. So we'll see you next time here on Clone Saga. Chronicles, a podcast powered by spidey-dude.com.
And that wraps up this episode of Clones Lager Chronicles, of course. Uh, we've got a couple of bloopers that we'll be playing for you here at the end, but uh, I do I do want to get a couple of announcements out of the way. We are going to eventually do a separate feed for the commentaries, so that'll be our fourth show, quote-unquote, on uh, on our spider-do.com network. Those will be available on iTunes very soon. Uh, we're also still working on getting um, Mayday Mondays on iTunes. I still don't know why that there's not any episodes on there. If you're using an Android device, though, if you just use a app called Podcast Addict, Podcast Addict actually is a, a really, really good app if you're a podcast listener on an Android device. Um, you should be able to uh, open the feed up on iTunes if you're using an iPhone or iOS device. But, as always, there's some sort of problems with the iTunes store. So, apologize for that. We'll, we're still working on it. Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, we got a couple, like I mentioned earlier in the show, there's a couple more episodes of uh, Spectacular Radio. There's a, quite a few more episodes of Mayday Mondays. There'll be a lot of those coming to you very, very soon. So, stay tuned for that. Um, the other thing I'm going to talk about is next episode, we're going to be covering Kane and... Otto Octavius. It'll be the sibling rivalry storyline that ran two issues between Superior Team Up number two and Scarlet Spider number 19. Uh, Scarlet Spider 20 through 25 will be in uh, the following episode. We're going to be finishing up the Scarlet Spider. And I'm either going to do 20 through 25 or we're going to do 24 and 25 as their own episode. I haven't quite decided yet. Um, Basically, we're going to be trying to wrap up Scarlet Spider. Why are we doing that? Well, it's because, quite frankly, I want to get to the miniseries. And uh, there are certain miniseries that I want to do with the gang. Two of them, with the entire show, um, two of them I really want to do is Final Adventure and Redemption. Those are two huge, hugely important storylines. But I do want to get through things like Funeral for an Octopus, Planet of the Symbiotes, uh, even like Family Plot. Um, those will all be covered in those in upcoming episodes. So that's kind of our plan. We'll be kind of doing the odd even. Even episodes will be um, classic 90s stuff. Odd episodes will be miniseries. So we'll see you next time here on CSC, a podcast, of course, powered by Spidey-Dude.com. Who's doing the housework? Who's doing the construction? Why don't you ask her back? Why don't you be a good husband and ask if you can help her with that? Picking something up and I could have waited for me to do that later. But yeah. <laughs> I'm back at Olivia, right? Uh, I certainly did. <laughs> I read the heck out of that book. Why? One might even say I read it open in my hand as I as I looked at it on my Kindle screen, saw the words, processed the words in my head, and used my new comprehension skills to get a sense of the narrative that the writer was trying to tell. Guests of honor. <laughs> I wasn't even doing King and Code of but I guess because I didn't. Uh, Is there anything uh, Hang on just a second. This is like me when I have food poisoning when we talk about the people too. You're just good. Okay, I'm back. Anyway, <laughs> and now Marvel's doing a new video too. It all symmetrical. <laughs> Why not? What a you want to keep my tea bag closet? Okay. <laughs>